dismiss any of the children, infants, or the uh, four years old through fourth grade, and you guys can make your way off to uh, Children's Church at this time. Hey, listen, um, Junior, I'm still getting a ring back here, brother, just, uh, just so you know. And um, hey, listen, we are continuing in a series that we got started last week about the Olympics, about the Olympics. We're talking about the crowd. We're talking about the athlete. Next week, we're going to talk about the coach. And uh, if you were here last week, you were, maybe you remember what we talked about the crowd. We said that the crowd shows up and they go to cheer, right? And uh, we said that the crowd goes to identify with the team. The crowd goes to share in the victory. We said how tragic it is that at the Olympics this year, there is no crowd. We said when we learn how to be more like, when we learn how to be more like uh, the crowd, the athlete, and the coach, we will learn how to be a better Christian. And so we said uh, the crowd shows up and they invest their time and they invest their money and they invest their attitude. And so we do well when we show up to church to be like that strong crowd. This morning, what we're talking about is the athlete, the athlete. You know, uh, you've been watching, anybody been watching the Olympics? Anybody, anybody want to admit to it? You've watched some of the Olympics? Wow. One person, two people over here, two people, over, three people, four people. Okay. They do this every once in a while, every four years normally. They, the whole world gets together. They do these games. And so you look that up on Google later and then join in, okay? And so the Olympics are going on. And uh, so what's going on with the Olympics here? You'll see that there are these athletes and they participate in the games. And so if we can be more like these athletes in some ways, we are going to be better followers of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. The athlete, for the athlete, it's all about the individual becoming better. When it comes to the athlete, athlete, it's all about the individual becoming better, faster, stronger, more consistent, seeking perfection. That's what all of these individual athletes do. They go after it. They work at it with everything that they are. They work intensely. And they are focused intensely. They have extreme discipline when it comes to achieving the goal that they have set out. They are eagerly, relentlessly trying to be just one one hundredth of a second faster than the next guy. They are giving everything they can to pick up one kilogram more than the next guy or gal. They are trying everything that they can to jump a centimeter higher, to, jump, to throw something a centimeter further. They're giving their whole life to the endeavor of being the very best individual that they can be to achieve the goal, right? And they give their lives and they give everything that they can to do this. And when they have given their all, they all are rewarded with the medal. When they give their all, they sort of get in line to be one of the people. They're giving everything that they have to be the one that can win the prize. That's what they go after, right? They go after the prize. And so uh, we, as we, as Christ followers, we can look at those athletes and we can learn from them. Those athletes go after it with all that they have. Now, how do they become that elite athlete? How do they become that gold medal winner? Well, there are some things that they have to do and incorporate into their life in order to meet the goal of winning the gold, right? 
one of the things, write this down in your bulletin, one of the things that the athlete has to do if they want to win is they have to be completely transparent. How to become the best athlete? Transparency. Transparency, transparency. Think about this. They have to be honest about where they are. This comes from analysis, and it also comes from comparison. They have to be honest about where they are. They want to know, are they really going to be able to compete to win, or are they way out of it? They have to do, and they, they compare themselves to the other athletes, maybe, that are trying to accomplish the same goal of getting on the team. And then there is evaluation of coaches, Coaches are looking at them, and maybe, and maybe you, maybe you had a coach, you know, kind of help you with your golf swing, or maybe in school uh, you had a coach that uh, helped you throw a ball, or catch a ball, or use the glove, or hit the uh, hit with the bat, or whatever the case may be. Maybe uh, you were in a track or field event, and your coach would coach you up, but your coach would also point out things uh, that uh, were not right about what you were doing, and they would try to maneuver. And so you have to be transparent. Transparency is required. The evaluation of the coaches and the peers and the, and the other competitors that are there. And it reveals your weaknesses. Think about it. It reveals their weaknesses. We saw this. Um, anybody watch? So, so, so for the three of you watching the Olympics, you might know this is true. Uh, there's this gymnast. Um, she's the most winning gymnast of all times. Her name is Simone Bias. And uh, maybe you've been watching the news, and you saw that she went to the games. It was highly anticipated that she would win the gold. She's a gymnast, and, but she has pulled herself out of, the, of gymnastics uh, because uh, she is being very honest about uh, that she says that she has this thing inside of her mind and uh, where she loses track when she goes off of the vault and she's spinning through the air. She loses track of where she is. Now, here's the thing. We all tend to love that athlete that sort of fights through the pain and goes and competes anyway, and they overcome it. And some of us might think, you know, she's, she's the world record holder. She's the best gymnast of all time, more medals than anybody. Shouldn't she have dealt with this already? Why can't she overcome this thing that is inside of her? But she is being very transparent with the fact there is something inside of me that is not right and it is preventing me from being the gold medal athlete that I want to be. Uh, that might be handy to know a little bit later. Here's what we know. When they have given their all, they are going for the gold. And once they identify these things that are holding them back, they try to remove the things that are holding them back, and they are trying to excel and build upon uh, the capabilities uh, that they have. You ever, you ever notice there's a reason uh, that the person that is the weightlifter, the weightlifter is also not the gymnast? I don't know if you pay any attention to the gymnast, uh, me being a guy of my stature, I am more built to be a gymnast than I am to be the power lifter, right? And so that's why the guy, that, you know, the gymnast, you ever see the iron cross? They got the rings that are hanging there, and they just stick their arms out, and they just, they kind of hang in that. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody seen this before? There's this thing. There's this, there's a cable that comes up, it's got a little ring on it, and then they hold there, and they spin, and you guys ought to watch the Olympics sometimes. 
And so, um, and so they're out there, they're doing the Iron Cross. And there's a reason that the guy, the gymnast is usually a guy about 5'6", right? Uh, and he's just got big arms on it. Uh, because uh, the guy that weighs 350 pounds picks up all the weight. He, can't, he just cannot hold himself up there. And so this guy says, I am built and I have this skill set, this set of gifts. And the other guy says, I have this skill set and this set of gifts. And so I'm going to take advantage of what I have. But they're always being scrutinized. They're always being looked at. They're always being identified. What area can I make better? If you were a swimmer, uh, maybe uh, you had a coach that told you how to perfect uh, your stroke. Whatever that thing might be, they're looking. They're saying, nope, that is the thing that's holding you back. If you're going to win the gold, that has, you have to unlearn some bad habits and you have to introduce some new habits. But there's got to be somebody there that's watching and helping and looking at them. And that requires complete transparency. Transparency. They have to know that their personal strengths and weaknesses have to be refined in order to achieve the gold medal. They want to build on the strengths and eliminate athletes have to do that if they're going to win the gold. What else does an athlete have to have in order to win the gold? What does that athlete have to do? To be the best athlete, they have to focus on a clear goal. Write that down in your bulletin. Focus on a clear goal. There is an objective, there is a standard, and they have to, uh, that they have to meet in order to have victory. Here's what I think. I think, I think that most all of us you walked into and finally found that thing on the shelf that you wanted, you've probably walked several hundred, hundred uh, meters. But most of us can walk or run 100 meters. And uh, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you can walk or run 100 meters if you want to be the elite athlete. If you want to be an Olympic 100-meter runner, if you want to be an Olympic 100-meter runner, then here's your goal. You know that in order to qualify for the Olympic Games at the 100 meter, you have to be able to run 100 meters in 10 seconds or less. If you can't run in 10 seconds or less, you can't even be qualified to run. If you're a female, you have to be able to run it in 11 seconds or less. In order, And so there is a very clear goal that is right there in front of you. You know this is my goal. Now, the uh, world record athlete, runs it in 9.58 seconds. 9.58 seconds. And here's the thing. All of the top 10 record holders are within one half second of each other. And so right now, the goal, the very clear goal, 9.58 seconds to win the gold medal or to have the world record of the 100-meter run. That's a very specific goal. All other goals don't matter to that runner, just that one goal. Here's what I think. <clears throat> Anyone in this room can probably pick up one kilogram, right? One kilogram, about two pounds. You can pick that up. However, that is not the goal of the Olympic weightlifter, right? The guy that does the combine. You've seen the, have you seen the snatch and the clinging jerk? That's not your person sitting next to you, by the way. That's, that's an event that's in the Olympics. And, um, and so uh, the one that can win that event in the Olympics can pick up 364 kilograms, about 802 pounds, right? And so if you are the Olympic athlete that is trying to win at that event, you know that you have a goal of lifting 
more than 364 kilograms. You want to be able to lift up, and you, you're going to lose every single time if you can only pick up 360 kilograms. But here's the goal. They're so focused, and they intensely want to be able to pick up one kilogram more than the next person. They're there at the Olympics, and though uh, the Olympic record, the high jump record is like 8.1 inches, 8 feet, 1 inch, uh, right around there. Um, the next guy wants to be able to jump just one centimeter more than that. And uh, the javelin throw is like 303 feet, and that's kind of like from the, uh, the, where the parking lot starts down here all the way down to the center of the grass he paved down there. And the next guy, he, he knows what the measurement is. The pole vaulter, 20 feet tall, he wants to be able to pole vault up there. And they know what the standard is. They know what that mark is. And they say, this is where I have to be laser focused in my life on this one thing. Otherwise, I will not win the gold medal. Listen, they have a focus that is very, very clear in order to win. Don't they? Isn't that pretty specific? Let's pray our benediction. And, uh, and just, what else do they need to have? What else do they need to have? If they're going to be able to win, and they're going to be that elite athlete or anyone that wants to be an athlete, first they need to understand it's about me getting better and then what they have to do is they have to be transparent, they have to be evaluated, they have to be focused on a clear goal, and then there has to be accountability. Accountability, accountability. The record wouldn't mean much if all we had to do is walk up to the judge and say, yeah, I can do that. They say, oh, you can. Uh, yeah, I, ca I can run the 100 meter and 9.5. Uh, you know, oh, you can. Oh, great. Here is your gold medal. Next. But can you do it? Yeah, you can do it too, right? It wouldn't mean anything if there weren't some very clear standards and there weren't some people doing some evaluation, right? And so uh, it'd be, it would be one thing if um, they all sort of line up and they're going to do the 800-meter run and they all, all the athletes are there and they all kind of back up into their blocks and they're, you know, they hear the little, uh, you know, get to your marks and then you hear the little beep. And then all of a sudden, this guy's running, this guy's running, this guy's running. But the guy down here at the end, he's got a jet pack on. Right? It's like, no, that's not the way it works. Right? It'd be, all of a sudden, you see the guy going around the track. And all of a sudden, it gets halfway across. And this guy just cuts across the track. And then he kind of goes right and gets to the final. No, there's got to be a standard. There's got to be, it's got to be, there's got to be accountability. It's like, did you actually perform at the level that you said you can? We're watching. There has to be somebody there saying, you can't do it that way, but this is the way you have to do it. Can't do it that way. There has to be accountability. Do you know that the world record um, for all of the world records for, for track and field, did you know that... Um, you can set a brand new world record um, for speed, but if there is a tailwind, if you have a tailwind of more at an outdoor event of more than two miles an hour, if there's a tailwind of more than two miles an hour, when you go and you review the world record fastest runner, if there's a little asterisk by their time, it means that when they ran that race, there was a tailwind of more than two miles an hour. Uh, did you know that in all of the world records that are held in these running events, that if they are running at an elevation of more than 1,000 feet above sea level, 
and they set a world record at more than 1,000 feet above sea level, there's going to be a capital A next to their world record that stands for altitude because the air is thinner up there. And we all know down here where we live, we couldn't run that fast. But just take us up 1,000 feet, we're all breaking all kinds of records, right? I mean, that's my excuse. But did you know that, and so there are standards. It's all very much, this is right and this is wrong. There is a line, do this, don't do that. It's all laid out. There's accountability. There's like no cheating. There's these rules that are in place, and we need to, those, those athletes need to know and understand all of those things that are a part of what they're doing. Let's see. Dun, dun, dun. Got that. All right. Kind of lost my place here. So you don't care. You don't watch the Olympics anyway. So. <laughs> All of these standards are put in place. All of these standards are put in place. And all of these regulations are put in place so that it's an even playing field and everybody knows exactly how to accomplish this. Listen, when it comes to the athlete and the Olympics, the athlete is focused on himself. How do I make me better? Now, they might be in a team sport, but how do I make me better to contribute to the team? Or if it's an individual sport, how do I make me better? And all of them focus on these same areas. I need transparency in my life. I need to know if I'm doing something wrong, and I need somebody to help me and focus in on that. And then I need to know what, what event am I doing and what is the goal. And I have to have accountability. I need to know the rules and I need to apply them. Listen, how do you become a true Christ follower? How do you become a follower of Jesus Christ, a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, you know where we're going. These are the elements that we have to put and plan and be a part of in our life. We need to have transparency. We need to have transparency in our life at a couple of different levels. The first place that we have to have transparency in our life is with Jesus. It's with Jesus. It's with Jesus. You know, one of the steps in becoming a Christian is simply acknowledging to God, God, I'm a sinner, and I do things wrong, and I need you to forgive me. You need to be transparent with God. You need to admit the sin that is in your life. And when you do, he is faithful, and he is just, and he will forgive us our sin. And he will call us to him, but we need to be accountable. But listen to this. Accountability always requires transparency. Nope, I did that wrong. Uh, transparent. Confession requires community. I don't know where those words came from. Confession, confession requires community. So uh, you can't confess unless there's someone to confess to. And that first order of community that is established is with Jesus. We go to Jesus first. We don't tell our friends, oh, I'm a sinner, will you forgive me? I'm a sinner, will you forgive me? We start with Jesus. And we have to be transparent with Jesus. And we ask him to forgive us. And that fact, here's what the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9 says. That if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then Jesus says this in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 32. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven. So think about that. We go to Jesus and we say, uh, I need to be forgiven of my sins. By the time we go to Jesus and say, I need to be forgiven the Holy Spirit's probably already doing some work on our life and pointing out sin in our life. 
and things that we know that we need to be made right with God. And so we go to Jesus, and we say, Jesus, I am sorry. Please forgive me. And then Jesus looks at us, and he says, I forgive you. And then he turns to the Father, and he says, Dad, they're with me, and I forgive them, and they're with me. And he says, they're on my team. They're in my family. They are mine. And so that transparency is, first, identifying sin in my life, turning it over to Jesus, and Jesus wipes it out. But that's not the only place that the Bible talks about transparency. Again, confession requires community, so it requires a church family. Once you have all of your life sort of set before Jesus and you're right with Christ, then you need other people in your life to help you to grow as a Christian. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Listen, God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He lives in community with himself. And he has invited us to join him in community as a part of his family, the church family. First, Jesus says, come to me, confess your sins, I will forgive you. And then as an act of justification and righteousness, we go to each other and we have each other that it's kind of like the coach that can look at us and help us and evaluate us and we can go to them and we confess our sins to each other. Now listen. The Bible never says, confess your sins to a stranger. It doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't teach that. So you don't just go find somebody and sit them down and say, hey, you know, we've never met. Can we go grab a cup of coffee together? And then as you're sitting there, you begin to tell them all of the sin in your life. That's not what we're called to do. But what we are called to do is let somebody know that there's something that we struggle with. Let somebody know. And the person that you want to let to know is a trusted, loving friend. And hopefully, prayerfully, the person that you're going to be able to confess your sin to is someone that is ahead of you in their Christian faith, and they have already conquered this area in their life, and they can help you. It's kind of like uh, the alcoholic that would go to Alcoholics Anonymous, and they need to have a sponsor. Well, who are they going to find to be their sponsor? Someone that has already found sobriety. And so uh, the person that is trying to become sober, they don't go down to the bar, find the local drunk and say, you know, when I'm, when I'm struggling with this, I'm going to give you a call because they're going to say, well, why don't you come down and have a drink with me, right? It doesn't work like that. And so who do you confess your sin to? You find a brother and sister in Christ, and maybe your issue isn't alcohol. Maybe, uh, maybe your issue is anger. And, and you know that you just wrestle with anger. Maybe, maybe it's gluttony. Maybe uh, you wrestle uh, with pride. There's all kinds of things that uh, when uh, we sort of allow ourselves to be uh, scrutinized by Scripture, uh, we see I have these things that are not right in me, and I need to be transparent. I need some other people to come around me and help me improve my Christian swing. I need them to help me to improve my Christian stride. I need to be exposed so that my weaknesses can be made better, but also maybe there are strengths because I have overcome some things in my life that I'm able to coach somebody else and help them to be stronger in another area. It's true for the athlete. 
It's true for all of us that want to be Christ followers and disciples of Christ. We have to be transparent with our life. Now listen, sometimes we can't find somebody that overcomes, has overcome, what I need to overcome. And so find a Christian counselor. I can help you find a Christian counselor. But you want to find somebody that has the tools and a skill set that can actually coach you up to be more like Jesus. Nothing wrong with going to counselor. It's like having a good coach. If you played on a sport when you were in junior high school, you had a coach there. Sometimes we get older in life. We need a coach in life. That's what that is. So we confess. We confess and we have transparency in our life to identify that sin to be better. How to become a true Christ follower, a a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. We need to have transparency. We also need to have a clear goal, a clear goal. Did I read James chapter 5, verse 16? Confess your sins to each other. Good, you are paying attention. All right, Christ. Okay, so we need to have a clear goal. We need to have a clear goal as a Christ follower. We need to have a clear goal. Christ-likeness is always our goal. It's kind of like being a couple of seconds below the world record. We're probably never going to get there, whatever the event is. But that is always the goal, to be like Christ, to be holy like Christ is holy. Holy means to be set apart, to be set apart. This is what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 says. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Holy simply means to be set apart. We're not supposed to live like the world lives. Oh, it's so easy and enticing to be like everyone else. But we're to be set apart. This is what I think. I think if an athlete of Olympic caliber walked through here right now, you know, Michael Phelps, I, I don't know, I don't know all the names, Simone Bias, you know, some, uh, somebody came in here of an Olympic caliber, a gold medalist. We would look at that person and we would be sort of inspired. We would be kind of like, wow, they, you know, I've seen them on TV. They have achieved at the highest level. We can identify who that is. And who is that Christian warrior that could walk into the room that you would have that same esteem for? When we walk into our workplace, do people look at us and say, man, it's clear they go for the gold in their faith. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the goal of knowing scripture and learning scripture. It's the goal of knowing and learning Scripture. Do we know Scripture 
Are we learning scripture? This is what the Apostle Paul had to say about that. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and through 14. Paul says, this is the Apostle Paul. He would be the gold medal guy that we're looking to. Uh, Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hard question. Uncomfortable question. When was the last time you made for yourself the goal of memorizing a passage of Scripture. Do you reflect back to when you were in elementary Sunday school? Do you reflect back to Bible camp? When was the last time you had the goal, I am going to memorize a passage of Scripture. My challenge to you right now is that you'd win the gold. We all want to win the gold. So my challenge to you is that between now and next Sunday, you would memorize a passage of Scripture. Now, there are some go-tos that probably you can kind of dust some of the dust off and you can bring them right back to your mind. I'm going to just challenge you to set those aside and then find a different passage of Scripture. You say, well, what passage of Scripture do you want me to memorize? I have no idea. Maybe there's a passage of Scripture. Uh, that maybe there's an area in your life that because uh, God is revealing it to you, it's a sin that's in your life, and you know you've got to wrestle with that, and that uh, you need to find a passage of Scripture that, uh, that identifies with that struggle that you have. And so how do you find that, you know? Uh, maybe you just go to Google and you, and you write five Bible verses that everybody should know, you know? And there's going to be a list of them. You say, that one, that one is for me. And between now and next Sunday, uh, you're able to walk through the door and you say, I have a Bible verse memorized because this last week... I made up my mind that next week I want to be a little bit closer to getting the gold and I will never get the gold if I don't have a clear goal that is out in front of me. Listen. When was the last time you read through a book of the Bible? Now, I get to go to Tuesday morning men's Bible study, and we go through a book of the Bible. I get to go on Wednesday night, and we go through a book of the Bible, the Bible study. But not everybody in the room here goes to Wednesday night Bible study, and not everybody in the room here <clears throat> goes to the Bible study on Tuesday morning. And so when was the last time that you made a goal for yourself uh, to read through a book of the Bible? You know, I'm not saying it needs to be today or throughout the week, but you just make the goal. I'm going to be consistent in reading the Bible, and I'm going to read through a book of the Bible. I'd recommend uh, one in the New Testament. Uh, you just you pick one and say, this one. You know, maybe you just kind of go through there. And, well, this one only got five chapters, right? You know, this one. But whatever it is, you say, I'm going to read through. That's my challenge to you. You need to have a goal as a Christian. If you're going to be a winner of the gold, there's got to be a clear goal. I'm going to memorize Scripture. I'm going to read my Bible. Then there needs to be 
accountability. Accountability. Accountability requires community. It requires a church family. Accountability requires a church family. The book of Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, Live in harmony with one another. Romans 15, verse 7 says, Accept one another as Christ accepted you. In your bulletin, there should be a little line there that says, What book? There should be a little line there that says, What verse? And there should be a little line there that says, Who? If I did that right. I want to challenge everybody in the room that you would find an accountability partner that is not your spouse or someone that lives under your same, the same roof as you to be an accountability partner that you would read a book of the Bible together. That maybe before you leave here today, you approach someone and say, I want to read a book of the Bible. I need some accountability. Here's my phone number. Text me. I need to hear from you every other day. And I just, and we're going to talk on the phone and just say, are you reading? I'm reading. We should be at to chapter 3. We want to get through X by the end. And that there would be accountability in the body of Christ. That there would be a goal that was set that we would grow closer to Christ so that we can win the prize. The goal is to win the prize. The goal is to be like Jesus so that when we transition from this life to the next life, Jesus isn't a stranger. Jesus is a friend. Jesus is the one that's rooting for us when we cross the finish line and we make our way into heaven and he is there and he's high-fiving us and he is hugging us and he is embracing us and he is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But we need to know him and we need to be engaged in his word. One last thing. You cannot win unless you enter the race. You cannot win unless you enter the race. Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock, and anyone that will open the door, I will come in. Jesus calls us all to give our lives to Jesus Christ, to be baptized into him, to be made new, to be forgiven of our sins, to become a Christian. There is a line that is drawn and there are people that simply refuse to become a Christian. And there is a line that Jesus invites all of us to cross and which we go to Jesus and say, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be saved from my sin. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. I want to follow you as you coach me up and lead me where you would have me to go. And I give my life to you. And I set the goals of my life to be more of the person that you want to be. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, well done. Fight the fight. Run the race. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized into Christ, I'd like to talk to you about that. I'd like to sit down. We'll talk about what it is to be baptized into Christ 
to give your life to him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, help us to run to win the prize. Father, help us not to shrink back. Help us to be bold. Help us to live for you. You love us. Help us to find somebody that we can pull alongside to read scripture with. Ask in Jesus' name. And amen. All right, you know your homework assignment.